What's up, everybody? You're listening to the Fanalist.pod. Sean Ramachandran I'm here with you, joined by Rohan Niranjan and Nihar on yet another NFL podcast, plus our 49ers segment that's going to be coming towards the end. So definitely stick around for that. But before getting to, of course, that 49er football, and I know that Nihar is itching to get to that matchup because the Seahawks are in the game, not because of the Niners. But um, if it wasn't for Tom Brady, I think heading to New England this week, we, we would definitely be jumping into that topic. Yeah, Sean, I think that, you know, you could say that that's, this is the game of the week. Uh, Patriots, Bucks, Tom is, you know, returning back to uh, his old team. And, you know, there's been a lot of storylines this past week, especially about how the Bill Belichick, Tom Brady breakup kind of like did not go as smoothly as people were talking about. Um, obviously, you know, there was concerns about, their relationship as, you know, t- uh, head coach and quarterback. And it just kind of seems like it disintegrated um, within those last two seasons in New England. Yeah, I feel like for this matchup, Tom Brady is going to make it extra personal. I feel like he just has something to even prove even more, even though he already won a Super Bowl without Bill Belichick. I feel like that's just part of his ego. That's part of his mentality he's had over the years. So I think it's going gonna, it's gonna to be a closer matchup than I think most people think. I still think Bucks are going to win, though. But, like, that New England crowd and also Bill Belichick coaching him over for 20 years pretty much, I think he'll be familiar with what how Tom Brady plays and just know how the matchups are. So I think it'll be a good game, though. Yeah, no, I mean, I think that, like, don't get me wrong. I don't think it's premature to say this, but, like, agree to disagree with me if you, if you would like to, but... This is Tom Brady's biggest regular season matchup. Like, I don't, I don't care about through the years he's had like a lot of matches to play off in the patience and stuff, but I'm saying from a personal standpoint, like, like I don't think he wants to win any game right now, but this one. And looking back on his career, if he doesn't win Sunday night, like I think that's going to be the game that he's going to like, like really regret not being able to win. Sean, I'm going to counter you. I disagree completely. I think that this is more of like a media hyped up game. I mean, I agree. It's going to be like interesting to see, you know, Tom Brady return back to New England, you know, all that shit. And like, maybe that motivates him more. But from a purely like football standpoint, forget Brady, forget the media, all this. Like, this is just a regular oh, game of week four. 100%. This, if you forget all that stuff, this should not be a primetime game. Yeah. I mean, like, honestly. I mean, yeah, that's what, like, that's why they made it a primetime game, right? Like, there's yeah. the whole storyline of Tom Brady returning. But, like, yeah. at the end of the day, like, I don't think Brady's going to lose that much sleep if he ends up losing this game. Like, yeah, it might hurt for a couple of weeks. Like, oh, I lost my former team. But I think he's, like, more of a, you know, he, he knows that there's bigger fish to fry down the road. Like, you know, like like last week, yeah. we saw that the Rams-Bucks game was, like, a huge, you know, we, we were talking about it last week. It's a huge game in the regular season. Even last year when they faced the Chiefs and they ended up losing um you know like that was a big game for, for the Buccaneers and they end up losing that so you know I think that these kind of losses even if they lose this week I don't think they are but even if they like they lost to the Rams last week I think if they meet in the playoffs Tom Brady's going to look back at that game compared to this week and be like you know how can we improve as a team you know that loss hurt me more than this like Bucks Patriots whatever it is back to my old coach who I apparently now hate you know I think that's the bigger bigger storyline of how there's this rocky relationship between Belichick and Brady Yeah, so I feel like this is really overblown because it's like Tom Brady's first game back in New England. And also it's like a nice homecoming. 
So I've also like heard Tom Brady say that he doesn't expect a homecoming or, or some sort of tribute video, but I re- I think it's going to happen. And I think it has to happen because he's done so much for that organization. But even if they lose this game, I don't think Tom Brady's going to feel like it's going to be a p- part of his legacy or something like that. It's just going to be another regular season loss. But personally, it will hurt him a lot more. So I think that that will drive him because he wants to stick it to Belichick because we've heard all the rumors and we've heard everything that's gone on between them. So yeah. it's sort of like something he wants to prove and be like, I'm better than you. And that I'm, I'm, you're the reason why you're, you're a good coach is because of me and not because of your coaching. So well, maybe I mean, something that's, there. That's, well, let me say, but like, yeah, I mean, I, I, I understand what you're saying. It's more of like, it's more of like not seeking to him and say like anything like I'm better than you, but it's more of like, I don't need you. And he's proved that already. He has proved that. But again, the thing for me is that Tom Brady, like if there's, there's one thing like that comes to mind, if I need to describe Tom Brady in one word, it's passion, like passionate for the game and everything. Like, like there's a reason why, like, I don't know, like his mannerisms towards the game, it's very different from other quarterbacks. And like, uh, like, that's very true. Like, like, yeah, Aaron Rodgers, Patrick Mahomes, these guys are referred to as like, these amazing talents of throwing the football, you know, probably more athletic than Tom Brady for sure. But the thing is that the fire that he brings and just the amount of, I guess, passion that he brings to the game, the way that he takes things personally, that's what I feel the driving forces for him. And I feel like that you cannot get more personal in this matchup. And on top of that, like, even though I understand it is his former team, he will become, I believe the fourth or fifth player in NFL history to be all 32 teams if he wins. So it's just another milestone to add to, to an like, absurd resume. Also, I think he is going to become, you know, the all-time passing leader for yards, I believe. Is that right? That's correct. Yeah. So, I don't, like, what, what other way is there to do it other than New England? Like, that's where it all started. That's the thing. Like, I think that's a big, pretty, a pretty big storyline. You know, like, we already know he's the GOAT, you know, but this just – he keeps adding to his resume. Um, but I think, uh, like, you know, the, all the comments about, you know, Belichick and Brady, whether they had like a very rocky relationship, Tom Brady did address it, um, in a press conference earlier this week. He didn't really go into it. Honestly, I think he's, he was holding back a lot of feelings, but he said that, you know, we ended on graceful terms, blah, blah, blah. But the report, Sean, you know, you even posted this on, you know, fanless Instagram, uh, Belichick did not meet with Brady, uh, right before they left. And the reports that Belichick did actually not want Brady back. Uh, for that final season, Tom was willing to take a pay cut to return back to New England. Um, and, you know, there was conflicting reports between Belichick and Robert Kraft. So, you know, this is like, I mean, I don't think, I don't know if the Patriots would have, you know, do you guys think the Patriots would be in Super Bowl contention right now? Um, say 100%, 100%. Like, like, like that's, that's not, that's not an if at all in my mind. Like, I know, I know it sounds far fetched to say, oh, Brady goes to a team and they become Super Bowl contenders. Like, he did it in Tampa Bay. Like, that's just absurd that he did it in one season. And the fact that, like, the Patriots on the back end, back end of his career, they were making the Super Bowl literally every other year. So, like, there's no reason why I would believe that they would not be the AFC's best team and still having the Chiefs number somehow. But the thing is, like, with Tampa Bay, right, like, what made it such an, like, attractive place pretty much is that they had the receivers, right, Godwin and Evans. 
along with the, they, they drafted a really good offensive line too. I think they drafted Jensen as the 10th pick or something like that. Tristan Wirfs. He was oh. the, he, well, Tristan Wirfs was like the best rookie yeah. uh, offensive lineman last year. And in addition to that, he made all pro as a rookie. So he had one of like the greatest, uh, I think I believe pro football focus rated him as like a top five offensive uh, tackle in the NFL last year as a rookie. So that's pretty insane. Yeah, so I I might have made a mistake with the the name of the tackle, but yeah, this but basically they surrounded him with the with the great protection, and he already had two really good receivers, and so I think that itself made it a, a really good place for him to thrive because the year the in his last year he had probably his worst weapons in yeah. a really long time. Like he had Nikhil Harry. Um, I don't know his his probably Man, his best receiver I mean- was James White. So. It's not a, I mean, I think it's safe to say his best receiver was Julian Edelman, but when anyone's best receiver is a five foot ten dude that works out of the slot, like that's that's not the exactly key to success for, for a championship team. Yeah, so like I'm wondering like if Brady had stayed, would they have surrounded him with better weapons? Because his last his last year in New England, he had his worst touchdowns since like for like 13 years. So I don't know like what I mean, they would I, have done. I wouldn't see why not, but like I, I could have seen Brady's situation turning into a Rogers-esque situation if he stayed for one more season, that it would have gone more public and things like that. But the thing is that I mean, he he orchestrated it very nicely. You know, he was ripping up deals after 2017, 2018, just signed those one-year contracts. And I felt like he knew the move was coming. And then Bill Belichick himself said during that free agency he said that the Bucks were obviously a more attractive team for Brady than the Pats were. And, you know, that, that's, I guess, kind of another thing that kind of lends that move. Yeah, I mean, it's hard to say, you know, why exactly uh, they didn't really want him back or whatever. I think maybe they just, you know, I think Robert Kraft, I believe, wanted him back. There's been reports about that, but Belichick was kind of like on the fence. So for whatever that reason was, you know, honestly, he looked kind of, no, I don't want to say wash, but he did have a down year that last year in New England. Um, and I remember like his last pass as a New England Patriot was him throwing a pick six um, to, to one of the Titans cornerbacks, I think in the wild card game. And honestly, he just did not look the same. Um, obviously had a reju- like, you know, rejuvenation uh, in Tampa Bay. Um, so that was like great for his career, obviously. And, you know, I agree with like Nihar, like Tampa Bay had all the facilities to be a great team even before he came. You know, their defense was very solid. Um, they, they had a good draft when he was there. Uh, offensive line beefed up right before he came as well. They had uh, a lot of offensive weapons, um, including Ronald Jones and LeGarrette Plant. you know. So uh, Tampa Bay is obviously a great destination for him. I mean, we, there's nothing to say about that, but it's very interesting to, you know, compare the news now uh, after we hear between Belichick and Brady's, uh, you know, departure. Yep. And honestly, you know, the Bucks obviously look like the favorites to win and it's no, you know, that's no, that's no surprise to any of us, but some other teams that, you know, I'm looking forward to kind of, I guess not watching exactly because these matches are pretty lopsided. Like I think it's safe to say that we got the Titans winning this week against the winless jets. The chiefs should have a nice bounce back game. They've been had some troubling losses recently. The Eagles, they're coming off that tough loss against the Cowboys, but I, I just don't see them getting it done against the chiefs. Um, Carolina and Dallas, that's kind of interesting. I do want to weigh in on that over here. I'm picking Dallas to win. You guys got different picks over there? I I think this is honestly going to be a toss-up. A lot of people are putting 
Cowboys in their top 10 power rankings this week, which maybe they do deserve. Um, I think the Dak has looked pretty good for the most part, but this Carolina defense is, you know, pretty good. Like I said, Brian Burns has been pretty phenomenal through three weeks of the season. They did lose JC Horn to, you know, possibly a season injury. I still don't know the full verdict on that. He's going to have. Because they just went out and also traded for CJ Henderson, who was a. Right. So that's a. That is a huge move. I was honestly hoping the Niners would kind of make a move there and try to like beef up their cornerbacks because we know their secondary is depleted. Right. But the Panthers ended up snatching it. Um, and I think that that's going to be a pretty good move for them. So I, I, I'm, I'm going to pick the Cowboys in a close one. I don't think it's going to be as lopsided as people think. Though McCaffrey is out as well. That's another thing to look out for. Yeah, with the McCaffrey bringing out, I, I'm going to favor the Cowboys in this one. I don't trust Sam Darnold to carry by himself. He did do a good job, though. Last week, when McCaffrey was out and he was able to lead some drives, obviously DJ Moore is a really underrated receiver, super slept on. So I think that's one guy you got to watch out for. But I think with Cowboys being at home, and I think they're just starting to click as well. Like they're starting to find their balance on defense as well because Cowboys defense was one of their weaknesses. Although we knew how good their offense was, their defense always let them down. But now I see their defense is starting to pick up a little bit. So. I'm going to say the Cowboys probably by seven. Yeah, no, Trayvon Diggs has looked absolutely phenomenal at the cornerback position. He has an interception every single matchup this season. So Sam Darnold better watch out for that. Um, Another team that I feel, you know, they're going to dominate this game, the Buffalo Bills. They looked great last week. Um, On top of that, you know, the Packers, Steelers, that's a nice matchup in the afternoon. But again, Steelers just looked absolutely atrocious last week against the Bengals, I believe. I think was it was it Tyler Boyd that said something yeah. like Tyler Boyd basically said that they quit at the end of the game. I mean, who wouldn't quit with Ben Roethlisberger throwing ducks like that, bro? That dude should have retired a couple of seasons ago and like gone off into the sunset. But now it's gonna be a very ugly finish for him as a you know his career as a Steeler. And I think that they really Steeler. move on from even midseason. I'm at this point with the, I don't know if you guys saw any of the throws that he was making. Like I saw a bunch of them. Um, when I was, you know, watching the games to uh, analyze it, and it's just duck after duck down into the dirt, you know, over a receiver. It's no consistency with him. Um, he honestly looks like he's like 65 years old out there on the field. He can't move. He can't move outside of the pocket. Like it's just an awful showing for Ben Roethlisberger. And screw it, bro. Like Dwayne Haskins is pretty terrible too. But there's no way he can be worse than what I saw last week with Roethlisberger. It's it's just. Dude, I'm pretty sure my 12-year-old brother could make some better throws than what Roethlisberger did last week um, So against the Bengals. Yeah, so Ben is clearly washed up. Like, I saw, like, a little bit from the Raiders game, too. Like, even when he got hit, like, usually I've seen Ben able to take those hits because he's so big and, like, he can, like, take all that contact. But, like, I even saw him, like, hesitate to, like, get up even, like, after Max Crosby was able to get him a couple of times. And also, like, he just doesn't have that, like, vertical anymore where he can throw really deep as much. I just feel like their offense is so limited because of him. And, like, it's a waste of talent because you have so many good receivers. You have Claypool, you have Johnson, you got Juju, and you also got Najee Harris in the backfield. So, like, you need a quarterback that's willing to spread the field more, go go downfield a bit more as well. So. I don't know. I just don't see Ben being that guy. They so also I, I agree with Rohan. Like, I think they should start Haskins. Like, they have nothing to lose at this point. They also don't have an offensive line. So even though Najee, like, can break out, 
it's unable, he's really unable to because the offensive line for the Steelers is so terrible. Like he's averaging, I think, believe, under three three yards like a a carry. It's like something pretty bad. Yeah. No, I mean it's not it's not his fault too because like Steeler backs have been like I feel like just known to break out. And interestingly enough, um, I don't believe any running back the Steelers have drafted has gotten a second contract, which is pretty crazy. Um, and they've had great backs through the years. Like we remember Rashad Mendenhall way back in the day, um, going back to that Super Bowl 45 matchup against Green Bay, none of the less, but um, you know, they've had Le'Veon Bell, James Connor, um, now Najee Harris. And like, it, it sucks that he's also playing behind an O-line. I believe that has five different new guys compared to last year. So it's just, it's absurd. And, you know, kind of double down what you guys have been saying about Big Ben in his last eight starts, which is, of course, including the postseason last year, he is two and six and is 6.1 yards per attempt, has 15 touchdowns and 11 interceptions, and his passer rating is an 81.69. So Dwayne Haskins or Rohan's younger brother, like, doesn't matter, but put put one (laughs) of those two guys in there. Dude, I'm, I'm, I agree. Like, I think at this point, you don't have much to lose. I've always said that the Steelers are a good coach team, but you can't overcome this when your quarterback is playing this bad. I don't know why they re-signed him to that extension. But what was it last season? Well, yeah, it was last offseason. I believe I might – I think it was only one year, though. They're yeah. going to, like, evaluate everything after this season. I think I think it's it's – it's it's over. It's over. I honestly him. feel kind of bad for Ben because I think he's a Hall of Fame quarterback. But yeah, in your career like this, it's just kind of embarrassing. Yeah, I think the Packers should just be able to take care of business. Like, there's no way like I can see Ben like pulling some kind of win. But like they did have a good win in Week One. But like now I'm just looking at it like that was a fluke for sure. Like there's no way yeah. I felt they were supposed to beat the Bills. Yeah, no, definitely not. I mean, another AFC North team that we're obviously keeping an eye on this week is the Baltimore Ravens, and they're going to Denver, the 3-0 Broncos, by the way. I'm not convinced by their record whatsoever. They've beat, like, two rookie quarterbacks in those three matchups. So it's really not a convincing 3-0 record to me, not to undermine the Denver defense, but they're also going to be without Bradley Chubb. And with Von Miller coming from, I believe it's going to be the right side of Lamar Miller, that's not the blind side. Well, Mark can just take off. I'm I'm gonna trust the Ravens in that matchup. It sh- it should be an e- even even one for them to win. Yeah, I mean, yo, shout out to Justin Tucker for breaking that uh field goal record last week with the oh, yeah. game winner, 60 yard, 66, 66 yard game winner. Yeah. Um, so a- honestly, huge shout out to him. Uh, it was a, you know, it shouldn't have been that close last week, but I think you know he they deserve that win just based off that kick. But I agree, Sean. I think this Broncos team is. I don't want to say fraudulent because I do believe their defense is pretty good, um, but I don't think that they have enough to beat the Ravens right now. But to be honest, they are at home. I wouldn't be surprised if it got close and, you know, got a little messy. But interesting stuff for you guys. Lamar right now is leading uh, the league right now in, in yards per completion and uh, yards per carry. So it's just absolutely insane. It's like a definition of dual threat quarterback. Um, so can Lamar finally break out of his shell this year and become a better passing quarterback? So far, it's been A-OK for him. I mean, he looked great in his MVP season. Don't don't forget, he, he led the league in passing touchdowns that year and only had, like, single-digit interceptions, I believe, too. Even though it ended in a first-round playoff exit, it was it was still a great season. But two or three other matchups that I do want to get to, Minnesota and Cleveland, 
Miami and uh, Indianapolis, and then finally Detroit and Chicago. So those three are some pretty good matchups. So what, what do you want to start with? Well, let's, let's go with the Vikings and Browns. I think this is probably the most interesting matchup or maybe a top three matchup this uh, weekend. I think that the Browns have kind of showed you that they're pretty legit. Now, the only question is, is Baker Mayfield going to play this weekend? I think he is questionable. So the Vikings had a great win. I think both me and Sean called it last week uh, that we thought that the Vikings would finally get that win that they needed at home as well. Um, and, you know, the, <laughs> the Seahawks just kind of, I don't know what to say, bro. Like, it's just, yeah, I think if, if the offense doesn't click in the very beginning, it's very hard for this team to overcome uh, any of their defensive struggles. They have no pass rush. Their defense is pretty abysmal for the most part. Jamal Adams is one of the most overrated players in the league, if I say so myself. I think that he's made almost <laughs> zero impact ever since he signed that huge extension. So I think that, you know, you need Russell Wilson to pull some magic. And last week, it just didn't happen after the second half. It was pretty, it was close in the first half. Um, and then the, the Vikings kind of just took away. I'd say, Nihar, before getting into this, let's steer away from Seahawk football until the end when we start talking about the Niners matchup. But just give me a guy's game picks on this Vikings Browns though. Nihar, you want to go? I'm going to say, you know what? I'm going to say the Vikings won this one because I feel okay. like, Kirk Cousins, like, he's been playing, like, an MVP pretty much the first three weeks. And, like, I feel like he's been under the radar lately. And, like, if Dalvin Cook didn't have that fumble and, you know, if that Joseph guy on the Vikings, their kicker, right? Like, if he didn't miss that field goal, they, they could be 3-0 right now. Yeah. And I, so, like, they look like, honestly, one of the better teams in football right now, just that their record does not show that. Like, once Dalvin Cook gets healthy, I think he was out last week, and somehow the Seahawks still couldn't beat them. But they still have Thielen. They have Justin Jefferson, who is going to probably emerge as a top-10 receiver. And then, yeah. I, I don't know, like, they got, got that guy Conklin now, Tyler Conklin. Yeah, they also good. stepped up last week as well. So their yeah, offense honestly, is really good. Honestly, like, Their I'll defense is questionable, though. Alexander Madison is like probably one of the best backups in the league. I think every time that Dallin's been out, he's been balling. So, you know, like I, maybe he'll get a big contract this offseason if he goes to another team. I also believe that the Vikings will win, but I think it'll be a close one. If Baker's out, it's going to be a struggle for, you know, the Browns. But obviously, you got to keep in mind with their two headed monster with Nick Chubb and Kareem Hunt. And yeah. but one thing to look out for, though, is that Greg Newsom, the second one of their cornerbacks, is out with a calf injury this weekend. So maybe, uh, you know, whoever's the second wide receiver. Thielen, Thielen, yeah. One of those two guys, yeah. Thielen might have a breakout game. No, certainly. I mean, I think that another, another matchup, though, which is very interesting to me, is the Bears and the Lions. I'm personally going with the Bears, I feel. You know, they're at home. Detroit's just not been able to catch a break. And I think that, like, especially after last week like you think that this this team has it in them to win a football game but i just i just don't think it's gonna happen i i don't know i think matt nagy's uh offensive game plan last week what how many well one passing yard total 67 yards in offense like that's a fireable offense bro that is a fireable offense you cannot have that happen i agree you know justin i i told you guys last week it's a terrible position for justin fields to be in facing a, a very strong Browns defense in his first start. You cannot put the kid, I agree, you know, Andy Dalton was but hurt. It was, 
he didn't he didn't force him in though. They, they, this was but you gotta have a better you have you have to have a better offensive plan for the kid. You can't 100%. just throw him into the dogs. That's what I'm saying. Like it was a very poor game plan. The the thing is that there there were two things that happened in the in the Browns game with the with the Bears. I think it was just that the Browns were just that good and the Bears were that bad. So it's also a matter of like this offense that they executed last week was not, it did not seem like the same offense that is run by Justin Fields. You know what I'm saying? Like that's not, that did not work to his strengths whatsoever. So I think the fact that they also got a week now under their belt, they're going to see how everything goes. And I think they're going to adjust Justin Fields' game a little bit more. And I don't think that Detroit has nearly as good as a defense as the Browns. And they just released Jamie Collins as well from linebacker position. So something to look at. Yeah, so I think the Bears are going to pull this one off. Yeah, but last week, that was such a terrible game. Like, I don't know how you have Justin Fields at quarterback yet. You have zero protection in the back. You only put, like, five up front to block for him and, like, no running back or any fullback to to get that blindside block. And so that resulted in, what, nine sacks or something like that? Yep, they had nine sacks. (laughs) Yeah, so, like, when you leave Justin Fields, like, for the Wolves, pretty much, you, like, left him for the Wolves. Like, I, I don't know if it's me, but I sort of felt like that might have been intentional. I don't know why. Well, like, to kind of, like, just throw him out there. What do you mean? Like, I don't know, because everyone was saying, like, oh, like, start Justin Fields, start Justin Fields, right? <laughs> like, everyone was pushing for that. Saying, like, Matt Nagy. or Nick Foles, I mean, like, it really is not – it's not a competition to me, quite frankly. I think Justin Fields puts him in the best position. If it's if it's not Andy Dalton, in their opinion, it's Justin Fields. Dude. No, but they set him up so bad. Like, like it was doomed to fail from the beginning. That's what okay, I'm saying. But, like, they, wait, but they, you guys realize they don't make up the schedule. Like, No, like, but it's that doesn't to, matter. That doesn't like, matter. You know who you're playing. You know it's a rookie quarterback going against a very good defense. You cannot have that poor of an offensive game plan for a rookie using his first start. I don't care what it is. Like that's a fireable offense, honestly. But I feel it's, like, but that, but I feel like that's like, that's like, a, like it goes hand in hand together. Like, yeah, it's like, dude, a rookie quarterback in his first start, like when the defense is looking, that's like, that's like their prey, bro. Like, like they it can't be that. that bad. It was like historically yeah, bad. Yeah, I, I agree. I agree. But that's why I'm saying it's a combination of the Bears really just being that bad and the Browns really being that good. Because I don't, don't let the Bears are that the Browns bad. Were a sack away. The Browns were a sack away from double-digit sacks. Like, that is absurd. So, it also goes on the quarterback to, like, he just wasn't having throwaways. He was holding on the ball too long. So, I've never like, seen a rookie, like, exposed that much and taking that much of a beating, like, Zach in Wilson. their first start ever. Like, nine, I mean, nine sacks? Like, it, you're going to set your quarterback it, up. Like, you're not going to block for him. You're not going to do a game plan where you do run a couple of bootlegs combination a lot of things like justin feels also definitely getting overwhelmed like i i understand it was a really like horrible situation being like you got miles garrett coming at you that's a defensive player of the year candidate right there like coming off the edge and like he was just straight mauling him dude like i mean there's really no like easy way to put it but again detroit if they if if the bears have a similar you know output to what they had last week then yes we will we definitely will have that discussion but when i see football teams professional athletes have a performance like that like let's not forget green bay failed to like get what like like convert on any third downs in week one like that was aaron Rodgers, the reigning mvp i'm not going to judge him by that matchup like let's see what they do the next week that's where i think like it's not about how you know you go down that way it's about how you respond after that game so 
that's just how I'm looking at it for the Bears. But, you know, moving on to the Dolphins and Colts matchup, we got another former Patriots quarterback making a revenge game, but it's, it's Jacoby Brissett against the Colts. Um, it's really not an enticing match, quite frankly. I don't know why. I'm just trying to hype that up for you guys. Listen, to like, oh, it's a revenge matchup. He's really not supposed to be in this game for Tua's injury. But what do you guys think? You got the, I, I think the Colts can pull out their first win of the season. I don't know. The Colts have looked pretty bad. Jonathan Taylor has not shaped up into the back that we saw last year in his rookie season. I think he's really struggling right now. Um, their left tackle, Eric Fisher, has kind of been like iffy health-wise. So that's been a problem, I think. And obviously, we know about Carson Wentz and his ankles. I think that it's just been overall a big, like, fiasco for the Colts. And I was actually mildly surprised by the Dolphins last week. They were keeping it competitive with the Raiders. They sent them to overtime. You know, I think if, you know, they didn't have that one dumb throw where they threw, threw it to Jalen Waddle in their own end zone and he got tackled for a safety, we could be talking about a different type of Dolphins team. Um, you know, so I think that Jacoby Brissett did phenomenal for the position he was put in against – Right now, one of the hottest teams in the league against uh, the Raiders. And, uh, you know, they were very close. So I, I'm going to pick the Dolphins, them being at home as well. I think that this Colts team is just not shaping up to how they would be. Um, I didn't pick them to win the, the AFC South, but it's looking like it's just a struggle there, honestly. Yeah, so I'm actually going to take the Colts, but, but slightly. Like, I wouldn't be surprised if Miami won either because they're at home. But I was expecting some decent things because I thought, you know, Carson Wentz with the fresh start and reunited with his old head coach who or no old offensive coordinator, but who understood Carson Wentz and like how he would play like his play style. So like I thought like I would see some progress there, but I think he really needs T.Y. Hilton back to show like what he's capable of and like expand his game more because I don't think he really has like great offensive weapons like Michael Pittman. Like I'm not sure like how legit that guy is and also like as you said Jonathan Taylor has not showing himself like he's like not having as much of a year that people thought he would have and also Marlon Mack requested a trade as well so there's a little bit of drama there and like I don't know about Wentz's injuries but he has to do something to get in shape like there's no way like you can be in the NFL and like be that out of shape that injured like you got to change something about your routine or something yeah certainly um I think like it's, it's it's no secret that Carson Wentz is always facing an uphill battle with like himself, quite frankly, at this point in time. But two other matchups that I wanted to get to, divisional matchups, the Cardinals and the Rams, and then later the Raiders and the Chargers. So we're going to start with that Rams and Cardinals matchup. It's a great matchup. Both teams 3-0. and I'm going to flat out say, I mean, like the Rams are winning this game. I would not, I would, I would be surprised if the Cardinals win. Again, if it wasn't for the Vikings kicker, missing that kick, uh, the Cardinals should be having a loss. And on top of that, too, last week, they looked kind of shaky at a certain point in that Jaguars game. And if it wasn't for Trevor Lawrence, you know, being Trevor Lawrence, I guess, thus far through the season, like the Cardinals could have possibly dropped last week, too. So they've not really had convincing wins, whereas the Rams have literally blatantly taken over, like, the top rankings in, in the league right now. I think right now the Cardinals are a top I would say five to seven team, um, you know, even though they've had a couple of shaky wins, I think that Kyler has shown that he's that dude. I think, you know, he's now the MVP betting favorite, if I'm not wrong. Uh, I think, and for good reason, he's just done it all. He's a playmaker. He can extend plays and that's going to be the key to victory 
um, or even key to loss for the Rams. If the Rams can kind of like contain Kyler Murray in the pocket and not let him extend plays uh, once the pocket breaks down, that's going to be the key for them to win. I think that their offense is good enough to keep up with any like shootout that they have. Obviously, we've seen that Cooper Cup has been phenomenal. But if Kyler Murray continues to extend plays, play after play, and the defensive line can't get to him, then I think that the Cardinals could keep it close. Um, I, I'm, I'm going to pick the Rams just because they're at home and I think they should win. But I have concerns about them containing Kyler Murray. Yeah, so I'm also going to pick the Rams. I just feel like from the first three weeks, like they've been the much better team, like offensively and defensively. Like, man, Stafford's been able to fit into that team immediately. Like he's been like pretty much like a spark for that Rams offense. Like something like, his play style, I've seen, like, he's played way better than I, what I've seen Goff ever play for the Rams. Like, it just fits perfectly because Stafford also has that deep ball as well. But, yeah, to Sham's point, like, the Cardinals have looked a bit shaky. Like, they should have lost to the Vikings. Like, there's no way, like, that guy should have missed the 37-yard field goal. And the Jaguars were up 19-10 to 10 at one point. And it looked like, okay, like, maybe the cards could go down here. So, like... I feel like there are certain times where I've seen like the Cardinals, like they've shown like a lot of potential, like they look like Super Bowl contenders. But then like another time I've seen them play like the Colts, like they have what it takes to be Super Bowl contenders, but can they really step up when it matters most? But they have all the weapons, you know, that you have D-Hop, you got Christian Kirk, Rondale Moore, you know, so like you have AJ Green. So you have a lot of guys like who can like make up a potent offense, but can you like really step it up? Can you really show what it takes? Because Kyler hasn't been to the playoffs. So I want to see Kyler like take them to the playoffs first too. It's Cliff, Cliff Kingsbury, bro. I think that's like the big problem at coaching. He's just very, he's probably the worst coach in their division right now. And I think that his kind of uh, an inability to coach defensively has kind of cost them. Um, I think that's why like I haven't, I picked the Cardinals finish last in division despite how phenomenal Kyler has been playing. Yep. Yep. No, honestly, I'm in great points all across the board for the most part, but I'm very intrigued by this Raiders Chargers matchup. Um, I'm personally, you know, again, I'm, I'm going to roll with the LA team, you know, back to back matchups and SoFi Stadium. They got to they got to change up the paint and stuff over there with the Rams and the and the Chargers coming in the next day. So that's a Monday night matchup. Uh, the Raiders three, and zero. I don't know. I mean, they've had two of those games going to overtime. They've looked shaky at times, but I mean, I'll give them the Steelers game, but the Steelers, I mean, last week too, they just looked horrible. They've just been getting killed. I'm going to say that the Raiders honestly are not the most convincing 3-0 team right now in the league. Um, the only team that's worse than them that is 3-0 is the Broncos. Um, and, you know, we highlighted that point. They've been playing rookie quarterbacks. Uh, and the Chargers are just coming off a win off the Chiefs, so... I mean, like, there's there's really not much to be said over there. Like, they're they're riding high on emotions. They're coming home, another divisional game. Like, they know what's at stake over here. They know that they can, you know, leapfrog and take the number one spot in the division. I think this is going to be a big test for the Raiders, like you said, Sean. Like, whether they're a legit team. Um, I do believe that they're definitely above average. I don't know if I'm going to put them in like Super Bowl contention. It's just hard for me to do that, just based off of the quality of their wins through three weeks. Um, you know, Josh Jacobs has also been hurt. So that's, you know, it's, it's encouraging that they're not like struggling without him. Um, but they've had some close calls against, you know, like Miami, Baltimore, and Justin Herbert is playing pretty, pretty phenomenal uh, so far, other than that one hiccup of the game that he had earlier this season. 
Uh, Austin Eckler, I think, is going to be a big difference maker in this game. Can the Chargers running game be better than the Raiders? I think that's what it's going to come down to because both quarterbacks have been playing really well um, through three weeks. I think right now, I think the most productive receiving core in the league is Mike Williams and Keenan Allen, uh, just based on purely stats. So can they keep that going? But I think the key to this game is whether the running, whoever's running game is better at the end of the thing is, is going to win because I think the quarterbacks are pretty evenly matched right now. The Raiders got this. I, I believe in them. Like, I feel like this is just something like this is their year. I kind of feel, feel like different about this year than previous years because last year they were a good offense too. They were averaging 27 points a game, but they finished eight and eight because their defense would give up like 30. But this time they upgraded on defense. You know, you got KJ Wright. You got Casey You're Hayward. High- wait, wait. You, you could name anyone on defense. You started with KJ, right? Yeah. <laughs> okay, look, KJ Wright. Friend- that's been there for three games. All right, look, KJ Wright, I have a little bias towards, you know, he's my homie. I miss him a yeah, lot. Yeah, we'll get, I want him yeah, back we'll in Seattle Seahawks really football. bad. We'll get to Seahawks football in just a little. But Casey Hayward being like an upgrade at the corner. And, you know, like, Trayvon Mullen has stepped up this year. So like, that's really good to see. You know, Abram always brings that energy. And also Max Crosby's playing even better than last year, too. So I'm really encouraged by what I'm seeing. And also, you know, Derek Carr, he's a top 10 quarterback. That's not a debate. And, you know, there's a, there's a nickname I give him. I call him money for a reason. Because when is that time? When is that fourth quarter? When I need that throw? Like you saw that second and 15 against Miami. Beautiful throw to Brian Edwards. Emphasis, emphasis on against Miami. Miami has a really good defense, by the way. Miami has a really good defense, so you can't hasn't say anything, that. Hasn't done anything in the playoffs, but he's money man car, bro. I don't, I don't, I don't see how that works. You know, you know, um, you know what Peyton Manning says, right, Nihar? Like they say, like you know about like these fourth quarter comebacks and all this stuff, right? Like how you're talking about this stuff, like it just shows how he messed up or screwed up in the first three quarters. So <laughs> I'm it. No, no, he didn't screw up, but, like, there are, like, certain, like, situations throughout the game that play out. And then, like, when the fourth quarter comes, when it's time to be that guy, he's going to be that guy. Like, Derek Carr's proven that throughout his career. Maybe it's not resulted in, like, playoff wins or whatever, but, like, in certain, like, situations when he's had to carry, he's done it. And, like, I think he's, like, one of the top players when it comes to, like, fourth quarter quarterback ratings or something like that. So I really believe he's going to deliver them a win this week. And also... I really like his weapons because, like, you got Waller, you got you got Renfro, you got Brian Edwards. Yep. No, honestly, like, I mean, they're like you you highlighted some great names over there for the most part, but I'm still gonna be taking the Chargers uh, at home for sure. But without further ado, I think that we gotta address. I think uh, this is probably the biggest matchup of the week. I think, like, you know. Division matchups are always the best, so it's time to get to that 49ers-Seahawks matchup that we all have been dying to, I guess, talk about on this podcast now. You know, I've been incorporating 49ers segments, so this is that part of the podcast, so if you're listening to this or you skip to this part, without further ado, you know, 49ers-Seahawks football is back, and Russell Wilson has never lost three straight games in a season, so... What do we what do we got? I mean, I, I know where Nihar is going to go with this pick, and I know where Rohan, you're going to go with this pick. So I just want to see why you are picking your respective teams. I mean, obviously, I'm going to go with the Niners. I think that 
it was very surprising to me. I, I was like, you know, we all three of us were on a pod last week. I think it was very surprising that Nick, uh, Nick Bosa and the rest of the defensive line did not get to Rodgers the way I thought they were going to. Um, let it be known, though, that Aaron Rodgers was throwing the ball at an average rate of 2.5 seconds after the ball was snapped. So that's not too much time for the line for the defensive line to get over uh, to Aaron Rodgers. Obviously, I believe that Nick Bosa was held multiple times during this game, as he has been throughout the career. I wish they would call that, but I'm not going to attribute the game to that. Obviously, the Packers played well. Um, I I think this game is really going to come down to Jimmy G and a fast start. I think if the Niners keep having these slow starts like they've been doing these last two weeks against the Eagles and the Packers, they were down 17-0 to the Packers until the very like last 10 seconds of the first half. If they start slow like that again, Russell Wilson is going to feast, and it's going to be very hard to keep, uh, contain that offense, especially with our depleted secondary. So the thing is, like, the Seahawks' offense starts really fast. Like the first three games, what I've noticed is their offense starts really fast. The first, the first half especially, they explode. But then, like what other teams do in the, in, especially in the third quarter, is they they hold the ball for a lot longer, so they keep the ball away from Seattle for a long time to throw the Seahawks' offense and everything out of the rhythm. And so that keeps the defense on the field longer, and you know they get gassed out and they give up a lot of yards. But I'm gonna say this though, this is the most important game for Seattle season. Like this game right here is going to determine how the rest of their season goes. Because if we go to one and three, we have the Rams on Thursday night. Yeah, I don't care if it's at home. We're going to lose that game. Like if we lose the 49ers. I think, I think that's a trap game for the Rams though. No, nah, no. Nah, like if we lose, like I think our season is done. And I think Russell Wilson's future is up in the air. Like this, this is how much this game means. Like we need to win this game. Otherwise, if we don't, Ken Norton got to go and Pete Carroll's got to go too. Like I've called Pete Carroll to be fired two years ago after that Packers loss because what his game plan was that in the first half in that game was he, he did not let Russell Wilson do what he does best and let him cook and let him control the offense. We were down 21-3 yep. at yep. halftime. Right. And like, in like five degree weather, just let him cook, right? Yeah. Like, no, it, it won't work. <laughs> No, but we were down 23. And then when they gave him when they gave him the keys to the offense in the second half, we were really close to winning that game. And then you know, Pete Carroll always says that we need to make adjustments, we need to do better. I've been hearing that for over seven years now. Like if you have to keep making adjustments for seven years, you gotta go. Like I want you fired, I want you out of there. You have either two choices, either Pete Carroll or Russell Wilson. You make one choice. (laughs) It's not gonna work anymore. I mean, I agree. I think one of them is gone by the end of this off season, by the end of this off season. Uh, whether that's Pete Carroll or Russell Wilson is like yet to be determined. But Nihar, you're right. I think that the Seahawks have just had too many failed in-game adjustments these like last five years, and that's like really cost them, especially in the big time. Because we know how good Russell Wilson is if you surround him with a good defense. You know, he literally won a Super Bowl. What was his like second year? Oh, no, was it rookie year? Rookie year or second year? It was his second season. Second, second season, yeah. Um, second season in the league with a phenomenal defense. Um, so that's going to be a big, big problem. But what are the keys for this game? I think, I mean, I, I said that it's really going to be if the Niners can start fast compared to how they've done. I think Jimmy has really shown his limitations. And honestly, I pissed. Pissed at Jimmy, honestly. I think that what are we doing here? Like, the guy cannot make a throw over 10 yards. I don't know if you guys saw during the game. The Packers, all their safeties were coming 
to the first down marker because they do not respect Jimmy G's arm at all. Safeties do not come that close to the fir- first down marker every single play. It was almost in every single play that the, that the safeties were giving Jimmy G zero respect and our running game wasn't going. So the combination of that is guaranteed to be a loss, regardless of how close we were in the game. Hey, I mean, like he he had he had a nice deep ball that like went to Jair Alexander. Like it, it was pretty nice. Like I mean, <laughs> like um, like I mean, it was a good throw. But I mean, the thing the thing is like I mean, you guys know my stance on Jimmy Garoppolo. Like I'm not gonna sit here and defend the dude. But the thing for me is that like I understand that like the notion for every single game is he's the key. If he balls out like he should, the 49ers are a tough team to stop because why they go out and draft a quarterback? Because that's like the most important position in football. And that's where they need to improve the most. Their defense can hold down. Their offense is just what's what's kind of holding their ball. They're always gonna have a running game with Kosh in it. Uh, but the thing for me, I think, is is I Nihar kind of already mentioned this. It's gonna be the Seahawks second half. That's what's gonna determine this game because no matter what the Niners do in the first half, Seattle, I think, in my opinion, is just guaranteed to just have a great first half. This year in the first half, they have 62 points, 798 total yards, a 53% uh, completion rate on third down, like to convert to the first. And they only have 20% of their drives ending in a punt. In the second half and overtime, of course, against Titans this year, this is all just their offense this year. They have 13 points, only 369 yards, a 21.4% like conversion rate on third down and they have 62.5 percent of their drives ending in a punt so that's just absolutely unacceptable like you have 13 points in the second half in three games combined yeah, compared I mean, to 62 in the first half combined so again it doesn't matter what the 49ers do in the first half i think seattle is going to come out i think that seattle should have a good three-point lead by halftime but it's going to, again, it's just that second half. And I understand the emotions are riding high for the Niners. Like, yeah, they almost had the win. And, like, yeah, they're at home. They, they want to win in front of their home crowd. But I'm, I'm going to blatantly say I, I, don't, I don't see the Seahawks winning. Sorry, losing this game, my bad. Um, the thing is that Russell Wilson also has 15-4 and four career record against the 49ers, which is the most wins versus any opponent in his career. So he, he has a number on the 49ers. And I know that he's played some pretty – pretty like ugly looking 49er teams through the years this is definitely towards the better half of them but again it's it's not even that it's just it's just losing three straight that's just something that's that's not in his dictionary Kyle Shanahan has to be more assertive with his game plan I think that he's known to have a conservative game plan we saw that especially last week Green Bay fourth and one at midfield how do you not go for that being down two scores like and he even said he regrets that but that's been the kind of like tale of his career time and time again. Kyle Shanahan is very conservative with his play call and ends up screwing his team in the end. And I think against Russell Wilson, you can't do that. There's like no way you should be able to, uh, you know, be that conservative against that good of a quarterback. And you know that your quarterback has, you, you know that your quarterback, Jimmy Garoppolo has limitations. So when you can, you got to take the chance. Um, and if I see a conservative play call from Shan- from Shanahan, we're going to lose this game. I, I, as good as we are, you know, our defense is not as good as 2019 and our offense has to be better to cover up some of those mistakes. That's going to be the key. But, you know, I, I think that Seattle's defense is just so bad that it might end, might end up being that Jimmy G doesn't even have to play that well to beat Seahawks. But, John, like you said, like if, if the second half goes well for the Seahawks, then there's going to be a problem. 
Yeah, so Seattle has the 26th ranked defense, I think, in the league right now. So, like, yeah, I don't think – I don't see any team really having too much trouble with our defense. Like, it's kind of shameful, really, like, when you have so much talent on the defensive end, but you give up so many yards. Like, you have Bobby Wagner, you have Jamal Adams, you have Quandre Diggs. And, like, you also have, a, I would say, a decent pass, pass rush as well. And yet you still allow so many yards. Like, they have this sort of, like, bend but don't break defense. Or like they'll give up like maybe like five six yards they won't they won't try and let you go over the top but like that's resulted in like so many extra yards like other teams have gotten and like it gets really annoying like they never like play man up like they never try and like get physical with the receivers at all and like their two corners with DJ Reed and Trey Flowers especially Trey Flowers man like that that guy needs to be cut like I don't know how he still has a job like he should be like in the CFL or something I don't know what but we need to like fix something with our defense. I feel like we might play better this time because we've been playing so bad. Like how much worse can it really get? And also like, I think what Sean was talking about Seattle struggles in the second half on offense. Like I remember like Minnesota, they got the ball back second half, but they got the ball first and they took a nine minute drive. Although they got a field goal, it was a nine minute drive. And so it was like six or seven minutes left when Seattle first touched the ball in the second half. And I feel like that kind of messes up their offense, like how they were doing in the first half, because they were on a roll. Like he rushed through a touchdown, a DK, they got a field goal, and then another Carson touchdown. And like they even went down the field again. They missed the field goal, but their offense was clicking. So like, I don't know, there needs yeah. to be a better balance or they just need to find something that'll just also make their defense not as tired, I guess. No, it's certainly, I think that just being in rhythm and being in sync is, of course, very important. But um, in terms of how you were saying, like, you know, if things get any worse, I don't think you checked the rankings coming into um, this week. You guys are, you guys are 32nd in defense right now. So not 26th anymore. You guys really, oh. <laughs> <laughs> uh, you're, you're, you're bottom last, dude. But I will give you guys got the 11th best offense in the league. So if this goes into a shootout again, I trust Russell Wilson, so I'm going to take the Seahawks in this matchup. Interesting. I mean, I think it's going to be a good game for sure. Uh, it's like like Nihar said, it's going to be a very telling game for both these teams. You know, if the Niners lose this game, it's, I think it's back to mediocrity for them. You know, their defense just isn't as good as 2019, and then if the offense continues to play like this, they're not going to be able to overcome and get wins against, you know, pretty good teams like Seattle and Green Bay. So, and if I, yeah, like I said, if also if Seattle loses, then they fall to one and three, and that's going to be very hard to overcome in this tough NFC West division, uh, especially with the defense playing that bad. I don't, I don't think that you can go an entire season with the defense playing this terribly. So that's something, I don't know how they're going to fix that. I'm, I'm, I don't, I don't know a lot about, you know, Seattle's secondary and stuff like Neon, maybe you want to expand on that, but there's had, there has to be for some way for them to fix that, whether it's this week or weeks um, coming. Yeah, so if Russell Wilson can hear this, I'm begging you. Like, I know I ask a lot of, a lot from you, but please, like, just do your own thing. If you have to run for extra yards, do it. You can be a running back. If you have to throw more, please throw more. Like, we need you to do everything you possibly can. I know you've been caring for 10 years, but just this one game, I really need you for this because I'm not confident in my defense to do this. I'm not sure, like, whether the, our defense can stop the 49ers offense. Like, there just has to be something like everyone has to hold each other accountable. 
especially even like Quandre Diggs, like I've seen him like mess up <laughs> a good amount in pass coverage too. Like I was pretty hyped when he first joined, but like I've seen a lot of like miscommunication between him and Jamal Adams. So like I, I need to see Jamal. I need to see them step up. No, Jamal Adams is not overrated. He's a good player. He's he got his highest sacks last year. They That's just need to use him better. Player. They need to use him as a blitz boy. That's what he's good <laughs> he's at. Like- you really, I mean, he's, he's literally used like a linebacker. He's not a safety. No, they haven't been using him as much in the role this year, though. Last year they were. But like doesn't, this year, they, they let him play like a little bit more in coverage. Doesn't, like, I mean, correct me if I'm wrong, pretty sure Vince Wolfwork has more interceptions than Jamal Adams in his career. <laughs> Which, <laughs> You're right about that. I mean, that's, bro, that's, that's absurd. But I mean, Jamal's a great player. I I I I'll I'll double down. I yeah, he is overrated though. He is he definitely is. But I mean he's top five in his position, so I'll give you that. But I mean you know for the most part, I think I think mean, Nihar cares about this matchup like more than Tom Brady does about playing the Patriots. Like he just sounds he's like please just this one win. Like we just need it. But lot is riding high on I think both the 49ers and the Seahawks for this game. You know Seattle loses. That's three straight could be a huge turning point in the season for them. Same thing with the 49ers. You don't want to drop two straight at home in front of your home crowd. It's just, it's tough. You know, they started the season off, you know, fairly on a good note for the most part, but you know, you will, we'll, we'll see how that kind of goes down the stretch. I mean, any, any closing thoughts though? I mean, I think this is a game which is very telling for both teams. I think if you lose back to like for the Niners, if you lose back to back games like this, then in my eyes, I think the first two wins are flukes. Um, you know, I hate to say, you know, being a cliche that Jimmy is the key, but he really is. He cannot play this bad and continue to be our starting quarterback for the rest of the season. Because if he does, we don't have playoff hopes. You might as well put Trey Lance in. At least it'll be fun to watch, bro. Like, honestly, I think that the defense just has, uh, you know, not been as powerful, even against, like, teams like the Packers, who I thought they were going to dominate especially the defensive line and with all the secondary concerns like now josh norman is hurt he's probably going to be out for this week k1 williams their other corner has a calf strain he's probably going to be out so jimmy bro like i'll do a little nihar speech here too jimmy you need to pick it up right like this is it i don't shanahan can has to stop dumbing down the playbook for you this is your fifth year in san francisco i don't i i think honestly trey lance has a better grasp of the playbook than you at this point so, you know, if you can't throw over 10 yards, you can't throw outside the numbers, don't be our starting quarterback. Um, you know, we'll be better off without you. Can we can we put your 12-year-old brother in over there too? Yeah, I am I I think he would make better throws. I don't know. He did, Jimmy doesn't throw it in the dirt as much, but he can't <laughs> throw it over 10 yards, so. Okay. So I think if we win on Sunday, it's going to be a turning point in our season, and I'll feel a lot more confident going into the Rams game, being 2-2 two and two instead of 1-3. and three. So, like, our defense really needs to step up. Like, I was wrong. We were, we're actually the worst defense in the league, not the, 20, not the 26th best. I'll say that. <laughs> but, but all I got to say is, look, like, our offense, like, Russell Wilson, like, I, I, I need you this game, man. Like, I know, like, I ask a lot from you. And, like, I need you to go it's Superman. Enough. Each another speech for us. Yeah, I, I need to go Russell Wilson. Like, you know, Russell Wilson, like only you can change our franchise. Only you can turn the ship around. Because if it's if it's not you, then our entire team goes down. So I'm gonna say is Russell Wilson, go get your hundredth win. You got this. And you know what? If we don't get <laughs> well, it, then it was meant to be. 
And if you want to leave Seattle, I understand that as well. All right, let's all just jump ahead of ourselves over there. But, you know, that's all that we got for you guys for the most part. So, you know, a lot of great divisional matches. Of course, Brady headlining, I think, this week, like just killing all storylines just with his return to New England. But super happy and glad that Nihar was able to join us once again. Rohan, some great takes. Of course, supporting the 49ers squad. Glad that you both got to square off. We're definitely going to get Nihar for that podcast when the Seahawks and Niners face each other for the second time later this season. But other than that, that's all that we got for you guys today. Stay tuned for more at the panelist.podtrauma. I'm signing off.